What up, Snapback fam? On this episode of the Snapback Sports Pod, the MLB is back and we have the craziest my booking promotion ever. Tune in to the first five minutes. We discuss Justin Verlander, Justin Tucker, Steph Curry, a crazy scenario, NFL draft, which quarterback is the best, which wide receiver tight end is the best, and then of course the final four is set, finished off by a ranking of our NBA teams playing the best right now, and of course we hear from Eagles. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Ravens select... Lamar Jackson. I'm a rave. He's on. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! A blast! Oh, blocked by James! Auburn's gonna win the football game! Auburn's gonna win the football game! For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Bryant took the jumper. What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Join me today, and as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? Joining you from rainy Philadelphia in absolute shambles. Now, I'm a little bit, a lot of bit under the weather today. I have been these last two days, um, but I'm not going to sit here and say that this is my flu game podcast um, because that would be that's like I'm not like. Super sick, just got a cold. So we'll call it the uh, Pretty Much Broken Hand podcast today. And by the way, you can't get sick anymore without establishing your current status, which would be got the vaccine, tested negative for COVID, right? but the symptoms of the vaccine are not necessarily what is making you sick. So don't scare the people out of getting vaccinated. No, 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 no. That's why I didn't bring it up. So pretty much... It was a it was a very Abe like sequence of events yesterday morning. Um, I wake up, I have a vaccine appointment for ten thirty in the morning. I woke up and I felt the night before when I went to sleep, I felt fine, right? So I wake up two hours before my vaccine appointment and I don't feel good. I have like some sniffles, some headache, and I'm just like, oh shit! Now what do I do? I'm like, do I cancel the vaccine and go get a test? Do I what? What do I have? So naturally, what does a twenty five year old that lives on his own do? He calls his mom. So I called my mom and she was like, just call the, like, just call the clinic. But like, I still needed my, someone to reassure me. That was the right thing to do. So I immediately call this place. I cancel the appointment without even giving them any question. I cancel the vaccine. And then I go online after the fact. And I notice that it says, if you have cold symptoms and don't have a fever, you're fine to get the vaccine. So I try and get the appointment back. I get the appointment back. I go, I get vaccinated. By the way, Pfizer and Moderna. The Zer. It's on site. It's on site on Moderna. Um, so I'm bluntly honest with these people. Like, yeah, I have a sniffles and headache right now. Like, what's good? They're like, well, at this point, as long as you don't have a fever, which I didn't, it's kind of irrelevant because you would only get tested for your peace of mind. So I got the vaccine, went well, except my arm feels like I got punched by Mike Tyson, but that'll go away. Um, and then I just kept getting more and more sick throughout the day. And I don't think that has anything to do with the vaccine. I've heard that after the second shot. Why do you keep calling it the vaccine instead? I can't even, I can't even imitate it. The vaccine. Like, why do you, the vaccine, the vaccine, like it's a vaccine. I I don't know. You're just like the vaccine as if it's like some British eloquent, uh, I don't know. It's a vaccine. Yeah, you sound like Pink Panther a little there. The, va- the can I get the vaccine? Can I get the vaccine, Mignon? <laughs> um, 
Um, now I don't know where I was. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you're telling a very long story. I was just trying to help the people by saying, Eve's yeah, no, get, definitely get the vaccine. Definitely get the vaccine. The I'm vaccine. COVID negative. <laughs> and, uh, did I do it again? <laughs> no, you just said, I don't know. Maybe Eagle said right in the chat if you say it's like when you say just... high school, high school, high school, water, tomato, tomato, baseball. Yeah, baseball. So you say high school, high school. High school. High like you're, school. You're saying hi as if like, hello, hi. I also say Lauren. Like if I'm trying to say the name Lauren, I'm like, what's up, Lauren? Lauren. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Apparently we don't enunciate you our to emphasize the enough. I don't know. Okay. I feel like we're off track here. Here we go. Baseball is beginning. It is officially April day. Happy April's Fools, Abe. I wish that we were recording on April 1st. That way I would have been able to pull a prank, but... Because it's on March 31st, kind of weird to do that. But baseball is here. That's not the joke. Um, eh, it might be. I, it might be. Before we get <laughs> into baseball, though, we we wanted to put this at the beginning of the show so that everyone hears it. MyBookie.ag backslash Snapback Sports. Rockies, Dodgers, 4.10 p.m. Eastern, 1.10 Pacific, 2.10 Mountain Time, 3.10 Central, and 8.10 UGC. I made that last one up. What the hell is UGC? I made that up. Before 10 Eastern time, over a half of a run, one singular run to be scored in that game, max bet $25 on my bookie. They're giving you $25. They are giving away $25. Well, well, like I said, you have to see who's on the bump. Abe, they're I giving away $25. Kershaw versus Yerman Marquez. Abe, I, giving away I like the over. I like okay. the over. Even Abe will hit this one. I'm going to say it one more time for the camera. MyBookie.ag backslash Snapback Sports Dodgers Rockies over a half run free money. Let's go bet it. Baseball has started. The Orioles will be the worst team in the league. Any thoughts on the Phillies? League as a whole. Dodgers, Yankees, Astros. Yeah, uh, thoughts on the Phillies? They have one of the highest payrolls in baseball, and they're probably the fourth best team in their division. Nice, so. nice. Okay. Um, and the fifth best team, the Marlins, are just happen to be our kryptonite. <laughs> so. They spent a lot of money this free agency. They brought back Real Muto. Um, they historically had the worst bullpen in MLB history last week. They signed one or two Joe Schmoes off the street. Um, it's just another day in Philadelphia. I think I'm a Padres fan this year. Okay. All right. Tatis. Let's, let's throw some fun names out there. I know you kind of keep up with at least the young talent in the league. Mm-hmm. Eloy's hurt, which is a bummer mm-hmm. for now. But Tatis is the guy, of course. Talk to me about the Angels. You do you follow that at all? Like, did they get Trout some more help? I feel like they got him some help last year. This summer, though, did they not get him a stupid amount of help? Like, can this guy play in the playoffs or no? I just don't think he's made to or meant to be. Like, sometimes you're just not meant to be. And uh, listen, people are saying out of camp this this year, Otani is like very much a sleeper of the MVP. Like, if he somehow hits 35 dingers and like keeps an ERA below four. And they make the playoffs. Like, why can't he be? He should He's be. Literally be doing the everything coolest thing on the ever. field. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Trout, at some point, enough's got to be enough. Like they they brought you what's his face. They got um, Jock, or they got one of the Petersons. I Jock thought. Peterson sucked, but they brought in um, what's the guys from Arizona a few years Goldschmidt? ago? Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. They brought Goldschmidt in there. Or I don't know, dude. Why are we talking baseball? I'm pretty sure Goldschmidt's on the Cardinals. <laughs> No, Arenado went to the Cardinals. Goldschmidt is in 
the Angels. This is horrible content. Let me walk, let's go through the Angels lineup. <laughs> because realistically, when you have the greatest player of all time, there is no reason why you shouldn't make the playoffs. Like, you know, once maybe. Um, so I'm bringing that up. But talk to me because you're. I feel like you're a resident Yankees fan nowadays. Okay, since you're in New York, so, which is just like so annoying. No, so I didn't realize how much the Yankees had grown on me. So let me just preface this, and everyone already questions Rendon. Rendon. That's Rendon. What I was there you of. go. Okay, so I'm pretty sure Goldschmidt is still in the St. Louis team, but um, people already question me. You see it on my story all the time. How are you, a Ravens, Texas? Knicks, Tottenham, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. Most of them legitimate, only illegitimate one that people would claim is the Knicks. But like, that's not really a bandwagon as they're the laughing stock of the league until now, the five seed of the league. But um, the reason that I don't really hate the Yankees is because like twice in my lifetime, the Orioles have been relevant in 24 years. So it's recently though. Not, years back. I mean, yeah, a few years back at school. So so during those years. But then since I moved to New York, they've been the most dreadful team in the league. And the bleachers have just given me amazing experiences. I follow this guy, uh, Gary Sanchez, Resurgence Bandwagon on Twitter. He's a top. I have a lot of people, friends who are diehard Yankees fans that would probably call for that guy's head with how much they hate Gary Exactly. Sanchez. And he's like the – he's like uh, – who would it be on the – it would be like if you did this on Wentz, right? Like if Wentz was still the Eagles, everyone hates him, but like there's still those sickos that hold on to his potential. That's literally what I do with Markel. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. Yeah, but Markel, like people felt bad for him. Like everyone hates Sanchez. Nobody no one, feels bad for him now. They just traded away everyone. Now it's Markel's team. But I'm that. saying no one hates Fultz really except maybe some maniac uh, – Philly fans but yeah, people hate him anyways they he played a he put together a hype video today and I got freaking chills and I was like do I like the Yankees this is the the best produced video I've ever seen um I'll, I'll share with you it really was electric so uh World Series predictions why not why not us? I gotta ride with it like all right so in the NL it's really the Dodgers and the Padres but realistically only one of them can come out of the um, division in general, but I don't even know how many playoff teams the MLB is allowing this year, even if how many p- games they're playing. Like, <laughs> great job at advertising this year, MLB. But they bring in Snell, they bring in Darvish, they have Machado, they sign Tatis. The, this team is just big F you to baseball purists. They're fun, they fight, they bat flip. I, I, they, I love their colors and their uniforms. How could you not love this Padres team? Blake Snell maybe going on a little FU tour after he got pulled early in the in his last game in Tampa. Um, so I'm going to go with the Padres out of the NL, hmm, the AL this year. I'm not picking the Yankees because screw the Yankees. Uh, I'm going to go, you know what, a team to watch out for in the AL Central the Chicago the White, White Sox. Yeah, okay, nice. Chi- you just picked the two most cloudy public teams yeah. there are. It's like, and then Abe Super Bowl predictions. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. And <laughs> all, right, well, all right, so pick Dodgers, Yankees, and then I that's, the that's my pick. That's my pick. Yeah, yeah, of course that's your pick. And that's just the most boring, white on, pen on paper baseball prediction. The Dodgers getting the ring, though. It's now finally giving me early days Patriots vibes, which is like 
is there a dynasty in the making? And How could and you like say that from one year because well they do they should have won multiple World Series over the past five years if the Astros weren't cheating and now it's like they got Bauer there. Oh, I'm also an Astros fan again. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, they have Bauer now, and it's like they're building a team that no one likes, but we're better than you vibes, which I do. I kind of respect Fair. that from them. So we'll see. It's like everyone's now rooting against them without a doubt, even though they're they're a pretty fun team for the most part. Um, so I'm going Dodgers, Yankees, led by none other than uh, the captain, Gary Sanchez. That's your boy. <laughs> um, all right. That's almost enough baseball talk. We have – a segue into a baseball-centric topic. Saw this on TikTok. Eagleson, put the username in the chat. I like to give credit where credit is due. But the question was, in a in a bubble where no wind, no, you know, anything messing with anything, fully healthy, you know, all this stuff, what would happen first? Justin Verlander. Cy Young pitcher throws 100 consecutive strikes. Justin Tucker, Ravens kicker, kicks 100 consecutive field goals from 40 yards that go in. Or Stephen Curry makes 100 straight three-pointers. So it's not I like... It was, I believe it was free throws. Oh, it was free throws. I believe it was free throws. Eagleson. Because that would make way more sense considering he hits them at a 90 percent clip i'm 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 80 percent sure it was free throws okay no that you're right that definitely would make more sense i had threes written down so eagleson check that for us and shout out to my fantasy guy he was the one who brought this up let's go with free throws because i definitely think that makes more sense uh what's your take on this i think this is as simple as it gets so they're the only people doing these these activities right they're alone Tucker's on the field by himself, maybe a placeholder. No, he's Steph's got a free- tee, which is even not here. not necessarily a tee, but a whole like a stand. So no human like errors yeah. just sitting okay. yet. Um, and Verlander's the only one. There's no batter in the box. It's very simple. Verlander is sixty feet away with no batter in the box. He can throw BP for a hundred pitches and put it right down Broadway. People don't understand these MLB pitchers. Like when they have a bad pitch, that doesn't mean they like. Like it just had a wild. Sometimes they have wild pitches and everything. Things just get away from them, but that's because of something the batter is doing. If there's no pressure to do anything but just put it down Broadway, a Cy Young MLB pitcher is doing that 102 times out of 100. There's no doubt in my mind. Really? Like he would he would throw 100 strikes faster than Tucker and Steph could each get to. 80 in their respective categories. Well, faster is not like a good match. Well, I guess Steph it. is not going to miss 20 out of 100 free throws anyway, so that wouldn't make sense. But, like, is this a race against the clock? Who can no, do it no, no. It's, it's like, call it I think it's the most likely to be able to do it. Yeah. I think it's Verlander no-brainer. I don't I don't necessarily see it like that. Um, and, and my logic is, think about the strike zone, the size of the strike zone. It's by far, it's, it's the same size as... It's a little bigger, depending on what they're considering the batter of maybe Steph's free throw hole. Um, so now you're starting to question who has the most room for air. Obviously, Tucker is the biggest range, but he's also the furthest away. Um, but I don't know if throwing a hundred strikes in a row would be that easy. That, like you're saying, like once again, these things are. It takes one to miss, and like 
I just don't know. Like, think about... With the, no batter in the box and just throwing your own speed. Like, he doesn't have to gun it the entire time. I think with a pitcher who can focus on his mechanics so easily, it's just, like, easy money every single time. I would actually be surprised if he, like, out of if he threw 100 pitches, if 96 of them were in strikes. I actually think it's that easy for them. 96? Right, I'm just saying from a percentage wise because the the TikTok was f- the first two get to a hundred. No, 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 it was a hundred in a row. Who's who's the first to do it? Not the first like everyone no, has it's to. Still yeah. Verlander, it's still Verlander. I don't know. So, so my gut reaction was it's Justin Tucker, um, and that was had a lot to do with no wind and off a tee. So Justin Tucker kicks these things at ninety ninety one percent. Uh, from 40 yards, he's about a 95% kicker. And this is live action with someone trying to block with wind, with crowd noise. I actually think he would make 100 in a row if he just lined straight up. Like, he is that consistent. Um, but now looking at Steph free throws, it's all about rhythm. And we know he's he's the best rhythm potentially athlete of all time. Like, if he's if he's hot, he's hot. So he might not be able to do it first time or second or third, but like the one time he gets into that rhythm, but it is such a, so I, I'm going to go Justin Tucker here. Like I would be curious to what, what's he in missing? my opinion, Justin Tucker's dead last in this, but, but if you look what at you, the, he, he has a higher percentage than, than Steph does. And that's in game. Like think about this. Justin uh, Tucker gets up for the big moment. Tucker does get up for the big moment, but Steph's, Steph's misses or his makes, whatever, his free throws, he does that stuff in-game. Like, that's his in-game percentage, and nothing changes Bring it outside. I mean, a little less pressure or whatever, but, like, it's very – with Tucker, he could take his time off a tee, like, no – nothing messing him up, no wind in play. I think Tucker. And I just think I'm the – I'm just not sure anything I can do 100 straight times. Yeah. Um – there's things I can do. No, I mean, like, I spill, like, water when I'm drinking on myself. And so, like, I have not completed a streak. You do do that a lot. Yeah. So. Um, I can, uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what I can do a hundred straight times. All right. Let's talk about the, the best and the brightest coming into the National Football League. We'll start with the QBs. Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields. Trevor Zach Lawrence, Wilson, good at football. Mac Jones. I have an awful take from our uh, Dolphins beat reporter, Dean Kerr, saying that Lawrence will be an, a very above-average quarterback in the league. Um, you know those guys who just want to have the hot take? Like, I, yes. We, Sometimes we, it's us. Sometimes it's us. But, but there's a time and a place. But it's like, for a reason, we try and make those takes. Like, he just wants to be the guy. I have a take know? about failing quarterbacks in the NFL. What if I told you that maybe there hasn't been a single quarterback that has like failed himself? Like I feel like at this level, every quarterback is so good at football, like in their own respect, that teams and coaches just ruin them more than themselves. Obviously, there's anomalies like Jamarcus Russell who would lie about watching film and stuff like that. But from a physical being and standpoint, like – these guys are so good. Scheme the receivers open so they don't have to make the hard throws. I know yeah. it's easier said than done. That's what I've been yelling at Doug Peterson for to do for Carson Wentz. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we got to take it easy on these guys. 
Yeah, a lot of people say that, and then you see them go to different schemes and teams, and they're more successful, but a lot of people also say that once they go, like, the normal path is, like, you play three or four years under that system for that team, same roster, same coaching staff normally, and if you don't pan out, then, like, you're pretty much cut from the league. Like, no one's really giving you a second chance. Right, there's always new blood. Exactly. And people love potential. People love potential. And this is, I mean, we see it here, front and center. You went from Trevor Lawrence being the number one pick to not only being the number one pick, but the consensus number one pick, like, of the decade. And then, all of a sudden, you have Zach Wilson, who was ranked, he he was mock 16 to the Patriots, a month ago, and then this scarcity comes up, this hype right. comes up. Like, all these Jets fans, let's just talk about these lying-ass Jets they, fans. Oh, they want Zach Wilson because he's good-looking. They, and then I see them saying, oh, we've wanted Zach Wilson since December. Get the... No, you have not. No, <laughs> I you feel like not. all these quarterbacks, like, just within the last week, week and a half, like... When was Mac Jones going anywhere near that? Like, I understand like all rounder. these trades happen, and now that makes the board a little bit more clear in terms of who wants a quarterback and who doesn't. But it feels like these last two weeks, things have just skyrocketed. Whereas you're literally looking at a dinosaur of a human being in Kyle Pitts sitting a little bit lower down there and just being like, I don't know if he can help our team as much as Zach Wilson. It's come on crazy. So out of those four, how do you rank them right now? And like you said, it is a lot of like if you stick Mac Jones in Kyle Shanahan's offense, yeah, he's probably super efficient and looks good. Whereas if you stick him in the Ravens offense, he doesn't he would look like shit. So where do you rank these four in a vacuum? I'm not gonna try and get cute with Trevor Lawrence, so I'll just throw him at one. I'm going Justin Fields at two. Listen, there's a lot of talk about yesterday or two days ago how he didn't have the, maybe the best pro day, and he didn't. He uh, he was. People were getting skeptical about him. Am I? I've seen other people been saying this. I don't, I don't know what you think, but I don't give a shit about a pro day. These receivers are wide open. The routes are scripted beforehand. The throws are scripted beforehand. Like. There's no challenge in in that in my like you're showing off your arm strength. All right, if you overthrow it, like you can say, I was just trying to show them my arm strength. Like it doesn't mean much to me. And to me, Justin Fields, I feel like at Ohio State, we all saw him be an incredible leader. The guy just ran a four four forty, which I think these forty times need to chill. Yeah, well, unofficial is is tough. I saw four four with a stumble. Yeah, Chase's run today. Like they get to choose when they take off, which definitely helps their time. Right, right, because it's not a reaction. Yeah, but like these guys, these athletes need to chill. Yeah, they're getting really athletic. I post that. What if Lamar ran his four four two in pads? from a stop probably no way no way um all right i i I want to tag so i'm gonna go lawrence fields wilson and mac jones how did you get invited to this crazy and they think he's gonna go three to the niners i want to tag on to your fields take i want to draw a comparison to the nba Lamelo ball all right you and i told you this pre-draft there's two minutes of tape where it's like well this guy's the number one pick he's playing against pros he looks incredible he can shoot he can fill it up his game iq is incredible and then there's two minutes of tape where he can't hit the rim he's high turnover uh his dad's loud there's a lot that comes with it right so you can look and however it plays out that's the tape we're gonna be like oh clearly right right justin fields top rated recruit in the country goes to georgia 
has well, an insane went arm. To, went to Penn State first. Well, he, he didn't actually play there. Correct. At lucky least he him. went to Georgia. Lucky, lucky him. Uh, has the arm. Has the speed. Leads Ohio State to a national championship. Like, absolutely lights up the best defensive coordinator in all of college football. Looks like a freaking stub. Was the consensus number two? Some people even... Do we not remember? There was a point in the year where Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence was a real-life conversation. Yep. That was happening, right? Yep. Okay, so you got that two-minute piece of tape. Now you have two minutes. Looks terrible against Alabama. One quarterback read. Had to transfer. Couldn't beat out Jake Fromm. Right? So it's like, it feels very Lamello-ish. And I have a gut feeling that says it ends up like Lamello, where... We look back and we're like, how did he just fall behind Zach Wilson? Like, he has the tools. And and another thing I wanted to add, he is getting so much downplay because of one quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. The, this Ohio State pro quarterback thing. Dwayne Haskins is a bum. You just talked about. Why Say, don't we talk about Alabama quarterbacks? Right, Matt Jones? We'll get there. But, but you just mentioned it with Jamarcus Russell, which is... Jamarcus Russell, yeah, a lot of this stuff is system dependent unless the quarterback is an absolute bum. Dwayne Haskins, an absolute bum. And I asked Ohio State people, I was like, why do they get this rep? It's just one QB. And they're like, well, look at Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones was like four-string quarterback who had two good football games. And they're like, well, look at Troy Smith. Troy Smith was five foot ten. Like, he was a college QB. Justin Fields, is, he, he has all the tools. So I am very convinced. I'm, I'm with you. T-Law won. Fields too. Zach Wilson had the best offensive line in the country, was throwing from the cleanest of pockets and playing piss poor competition. He's three. He's pretty, though. And Mac Jones, how is this guy going to be the third pick in the draft? He, I could have played quarterback in the national championship game. Devontae Smith, I was there. He was never covered, which blew my mm-hmm. mind, Ohio State's mm-hmm. offensive strategy. Or he's the greatest receiver of all time, but he was never covered and it just has, it comes down to Steve Starkeesian being one of the greatest offensive minds in football history. So, um, is that what it, is that what it comes back to? That, that's just, that's what people are saying. So, yeah, yeah you brought it up. Let's talk about Alabama quarterbacks. Jalen, uh, Tua struggled in his rookie year. Yeah. When watch I'm, it. watch it. <laughs> when I'm throwing to Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle. I mean, we're talking about the top wide receivers in three consecutive classes. Like, but Greg McElroy was throwing to Julio Jones, <laughs> Julio Jones, and people like that. AJ, AJ McCarron. Like, how is Mac Jones different than these guys? Uh, I don't know. And 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 where did this come from? This isn't a Joe Burrow situation where Joe Burrow looks like an absolute. Stuff. Mac Jones, he wasn't even the Heisman conversation because he just didn't look that good. It's all the skill players. Najee, oh, not to mention his running back was like freaking Derrick Henry in college. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think we're in agreement here. One, two, three, four there. Um, and then Trey Lance is going to fall somewhere in, in this grouping. Well, he's going to have with the Patriots, and they're giving him player comps to Lamar Jackson. And at that point, I just turn off the television. Let's talk <laughs> skill players, though, because Eagleson's involved in this. Abe's involved in this. Um, the, the consensus top three guys, Jamar Chase sat out this year because he balled out last year. Didn't want to do the whole COVID thing, I guess, or ruin his draft stock. Did everything. Every tape on him is as a teenager, which is just freaking nuts. Devonte Smith, Heisman size questions. But like when you produce like that and you're just always open, you know, you gotta be half decent. And then Kyle Pitts, the tight end slash wide receiver from Florida. What's your feeling here? Eagles, 
in general, like what's the what do you think? Well, the easiest consensus out of this is anyone that's watched a little bit of YouTube and just been on Twitter the last week and a half realizes Kyle Pitts is from out of this world. He was legitimately made in a lab. His wingspan, his catch radius, his ability to cut, his ability to move, I have never seen. He literally looks like Calvin Johnson to me. That's what he does look like. Um, now he's a tight end. No, he's not. He's a receiver. He's just big. It's like maybe the NFL is becoming positionless. Pos- positionless. There you go. There you go. Um, so that's what I think about Kyle Pitts. And now people talk about Jamar Chase. No one really knows. Everyone knows he's this freak show type athlete. And like, like I've seen comparisons to like Antonio Brown in terms of his route running and how crisp his routes are and the fact that every route looks the same no matter what the route is um, but we haven't seen a lot from him but he did play in that greatest offense almost ever on turf with LSU and Burrow um, now Justin Jefferson hasn't really panned out that much so if you passed on him you're in good shape but Jamar Chase might be that guy and then Devontae Smith I mean what's the biggest knock on him he's 170 pounds who gives a shit no that's fair he does look a little small <laughs> Yeah, he does look small, but, like, so did Kevin Durant. I know that's comparing apples to oranges, but, like, this guy was the Heisman with an Alabama quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, something – I mean, we all saw him in that national championship game, and I think if you watch Devontae Smith in that national championship game, everyone would have said, screw Jamar Chase, screw Kyle Pitts. It was maybe a little bit more prisoner of the moment thing, but the Eagles weren't good – a good position to get any three of these guys after the Dolphins and the Niners traded. Now that fun lasted about 15 minutes before we all got the notification on our phone that the Eagles were trading back to 12. Um, Chase Smith Pitts, you they're not falling to 12. I, I don't think they fall to 12. Um, that leaves you with Jalen Waddle. He's kind of really the next tier of skill position players, or you go a different route, but with the Dolphins at six, I think one of them has to go there, right? Like you've seen, I, I think, I, where are the Bengals picking? Five? Yeah. So I've heard, the, so the Bengals are picking five, and the rumor on the street is that Burrow wants to play with Chase, recruit him, have that whole thing. Him, Boyd, T. Higgins, that would be a fun offense. Um, Kyle Pitts, the thing with Kyle Pitts is I feel like, and this is giving the Eagles a lot of credit, that, they did enough homework and due diligence to know who was going to be there around when they were picking and who wasn't to think, okay, we're not going to get a guy like Kyle Pitts anyway, so we might as well trade back. Now, like I said, that's giving the Eagles a ton of credit. I just don't credit. understand but then, why the Eagles are, are tagged to a skill player. You have so many holes to fill. It blows yeah, no, my it's, mind. It's, uh, I don't think we're going to take a school player. I think we'll take one of those first corners off the board, whether it's J.C. Horn out of South Carolina or uh, Patrick Sertan. But, no, the Eagles drafting a skill player. Rank, like I said, rank these three for me. Chase, Smith, Rank these Pitts. three. Pitts, Chase, Smith. Okay. And right. I have no problem with any organization of those three. I, tr- I truly do. So my bold statement, and once again, this is not, we're not being the podcast that just makes takes to, to get headlines, but I think Kyle Pitts has to be the first one selected. Right. And that's not to say that he's better 
than than Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. But the edge that you get by having Kyle Pitts line up a against mismatch on the field, mismatch yeah. on the field, and we see it with Travis Kelsey. You saw it with Gronk. Like I'm talking about, this would be one of the biggest mismatches. And then you go split out wide with wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill. I mean, how many superstar wide receivers do we have in this league? And Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith fall into that bucket. It's a passing league. Juju, Galladay. I mean, like, like what? So let's just say Jamar Chase gets to be a pro bowler in year one. If, if Kyle Pitts is the third best tight end this year, which he could be because no one can stop him. Like you said, he's a wide receiver playing tight end. Then, then just the upside there is insane. It is such a mismatch. And honestly, I was watching some tape. His routes aren't even that good. It's just no one can stop. He's 4'4", four, 6'4". Four, four you want to watch route? I watched it the other day. Jamar Chase has route porn. Yeah. He really does. Yeah, and, and that's great. And no one will be able to cover him. But the matchup disparity for having a, a tight end. So that's my opinion there, which is like get pits and think about it later because just the edge you get. Think, like, I just always think about drafting fantasy tight ends. It's like once Kittle and Kelsey go off the board, I'm not that the interested. drop off. And then yeah. that's always the most – the teams that find the, like, waiver steals at tight end are yeah. always the teams that are there at the end because that position in fantasy is the one where Touchdowns. there's, such a, there's yeah. such a disparity drop off. Yeah, and it changes year to year. I mean, we have what? We had Julius Thomas – the Jags give him four years, $80 million. Dude, Ertz, two years ago, was talked about with Kittle and, and Kelsey like exactly. that. It was the three of them, and now he's nowhere to be So that could be a red flag for Pitts, but once again, we think he's built more like a wide out uh, than anything else. And it's less maybe to do with scheme and more so to do with the skill set. Right. So uh, I, I think Abe and I just agreed on an higher NFL draft We're segment. vibing. Uh, it's pretty crazy. All right, fam, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we will shortly have many disagreements as we talk about the Final Four and we rank our power rankings for the NBA and then, of course, sign off with our man, Eagleson. We'll be right back. All right, fam, we are back. The Final Four is set. We have Gonzaga versus Ukla. We have Oof. Baylor versus Houston in the Battle of Texas. West Coast matchup and a Texan matchup. Let's start on the West Coast. UCLA, I need the luck that they have run on in this tournament. From the first four down 13 to the final four. But, like, I think Michigan and Alabama, who both combined to shoot 75% during the regular season for the free throw line, shot like 42% or something. Uh, They win in overtime against Bama. They hold Michigan to 49 points. They missed their final eight shots for the win. They're running hot. And then your team, not not your team, but you're going to claim them as your team. Gonzaga. Michigan was my team. Gonzaga can't be stopped. So what's what's the word on this matchup? Can you give me like one like I know like the other you said the other day on Snapchat you like you were like the Nets are a hundred percent coming out of the East, but like the Sixers technically match up with them the best. Like how on earth does anyone beat Gonzaga unless they beat themselves? I can't figure it out. Granted, I haven't watched that much Gonzaga basketball this year because I didn't watch a lot of college basketball in general. So this is a very small sample size. Gonzaga plays basketball 
sort of robotic in a way. Everything, just the way I watched yesterday, the way they were able to beat the USC zone was just like, it was just exactly like how you want instructional Felt bad basketball. for them, yeah. It's like exactly how you want instructional basketball videos to be shown. Like, just like, catch ball, turn, look, ooh, open man cutting, pass, layup, every single time. And then, like, a lane gets clogged for USC. Obviously, every time, the perfect hand is in there, so there's no foul. They run the fast break, two-on-one to perfection. It was just like... It came to a point, like, obviously they got hot very on early with uh, Team A and Suggs. I'm just like, like, are, are these human beings that are playing basketball? I'm like, what is going on? And I know, like, I, I said it before, like, it's never Gonzaga's year. But, like, this isn't, like, a normal Gonzaga team to me. These are, like, a bunch of robots. I, I just don't see how you can even, like, frame a way a team can beat them right now given the way they're playing. Well, what's changed, and I've been talking about this, is in 2000, when they made a Cinderella run, they became like, you know, they're on the map, right? Same with Boise State, reminds me of Boise State. And then in 06 with Adam Morrison, they're even more on the map. And then for a decade after that, they become the the power conference. Power cuties. Yeah, the power cuties out west in the West. That was kind of tough off the top of my head. And then over the last five years, they start getting some better players who actually go to Gonzaga. It's not the system. It's not the conference they're in. They're recruiting top-level talent. And they make a run to the championship. They start going deeper. And then this team is like, top recruits in the country country like Mm -hmm. top picks in the draft which they rarely have had so like it used to be transfers would transfers would it used to be like sabonis transferred out there wiltshire transferred out now it's like jalen suggs chose to go to gonzaga which no one even knows where that is and now you have that amount of talent with that well-coached team and that's why they're so good but i have said from the start baylor's been my pick because they played the best team ball. And what I'm curious to see is with any undefeated team, they get smacked in the mouth. How do they respond? Right. But less so with I'm, – I'm not going to pull that card because it's a lazy one. It's more so like if a team makes them not have to play their traditional game, what's their counter look like? What's their secondary what game? What happens their, when you cut the head off the snake? Exactly. And I think that – if Timmy isn't score, if if the interior gets to be a little bit messy, and it's not easy buckets every time down, it's not layups, and a team's not turning the ball over. USC was an awful matchup. I mean, they handed Gonzaga the ball and they made layups, right? It, it, it looked like a tra- it looked like a rec team versus an NBA. Yeah, team. it was a joke. So when you you bring a team in like Baylor, who I think will beat Houston, Houston by the way has not played a single digit seed to get to the Final Four. Nice run, nice sometimes run by that. Be, sometimes better to be lucky. Yeah, good. same with UCLA. So we're just zooming ahead here to to Gonzaga Baylor in this scenario. But Baylor team basketball, they have the players to do it. And and you ask who can match up with this team? I'm not even saying Baylor's like their antithesis, right? The way I kind of said, yes, in theory, the Sixers would counter a lot of what the Nets right. do well. I'm not saying that, but I will always hold on to these. These are college kids, and it's a 40 minute game. It's yeah, one game. Yeah, it's not a series. It's not, it's even not an pros. Ball. Yeah, it's it's an it's an oblong ball that bounces all over the place in a football stadium, nonetheless, right? So, what happens if they, you know, just just have a somewhat off night? 
the key to beating them is you also have to score a shit ton of points. Like I said this about betting on the IG story, which was like, if you don't feel comfortable laying the 10 or 13 or 15, just remember, like, even if they don't play well, they're scoring 70 and they're really good defensively. So they can still win 70 to 55, but they'll probably score 80 on you. So can Baylor keep up scoring? Honestly, this tournament, they haven't been scoring lights out. Like I think, but they're obviously the best, best chance. So I'd be curious if they get there. If Houston somehow yeah, beats like Baylor, you have to you have to be able to score a shit ton of points. And you look at a team like Gonzaga, and they shoot a ton of threes, and they're a great shooting team. They're also the most efficient two point scoring team in the country. They're it's amazing. just like you got to find maybe a four point line and just don't tell the Zags about it and keep pounding on that. I just like I said, I didn't watch a lot of college basketball this year, but this Gonzaga team I'm seeing is just like, whoa. And you saw it a few years back when they lost in the national championship. Who was that player? Um, was it Killian Hayes? Was he their guy? No, I don't think so. I think it was, was Killian it? Hayes like a few years back when they went to the national championship, and he like ended up going like the second round. But What was his name? It wasn't Killian Hayes because Killian Hayes uh, is a rookie this season, and I don't even know if he played in the States. It was. It, I think you're right. It's something Killian. I there was something. It was like three names, I think, <laughs> with a hyphen. Okay. Yes, I know who you're talking about. What's your point here? Yeah, well, it was bouncing off your point, the fact that finally Gonzaga has legitimate NBA talent right, players, right. whereas these other guys weren't necessarily the most talented, but they were still in a really good system. Now we're kind of realizing what happens when you put like elite talent in a system like Gonzaga that's being built over the last 15, 20 years and actually a reputable program, and it's scary. Yeah. Is it? Is it... Killian. Nigel, Nigel Nigel William Goss. Yeah, oh, okay. And and he was but, like their best player, and he went like the end of the second round. I but remember. that's my point is, and he was a transfer from Washington. Like they didn't even start Wait getting a Sabonis went to Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't start. But he was once again like he wasn't a highly, highly, highly rated. Like Suggs right. is a highly rated guy. He could be the second pick in the draft. Yeah, maybe. exactly. So it's crazy. Uh, do you have any doubts, Baylor Gonzaga in the final, and we get to see what we want? Yeah, no, 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 no doubts at all. And and what I was just thinking about was like scrap the final four games, make them play a best of three. In a best of three, to go with my point, I think I take Gonzaga every time. Like I don't think Baylor ha- would have a chance to beat them two out of three, but in one game, I think they could. Let's do some rankings. The NBA power sure rankings. You want to do that as we head into mm-hmm. April? April. We have six weeks left, Abe. That's it. Six weeks in the regular season. Through. And it all comes crashing down all real comes quick. All crashing down. Some, the hot boy summer is going to be elite. But, uh, w- all right, so fam, listen up. We are ranking them on the current status today of how these teams are playing today, who's on the court, not projecting out, not any of that. Who is there today, how they're playing today. So the Lakers void, the Warriors void. The Hornets void. What world would the Warriors ever be in the top three? If they were if they were hot and Steph was playing. All right, you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Number three, Clippers. People kind of just like forget and throw them to the side as like a serious West Coast contender. And granted, I was last year honing in on the Lakers the entire year, and I did that this year as well. But that's not to say you forget about a team that has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on it. Before last night. Last night they blew a 16-point lead in Clipper fashion to the Orlando Magic. That happens. It's a long <laughs> NBA season. These L's happen. Before that, they're winning six games. They're bringing in Rondo. A lot of people gave them shit for that Luke Kennard signing, 
which wasn't a great signing, but he's been helping them a shit ton. <laughs> you don't know that. You just are holding on from game one saying that. No, he, no he's been doing well. He had like 27 for them the other night or something. I, I know. Um, but uh, you got a team like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like, they're going to be there at the end. Now, if they can get it, find a way to get Pat Bev off the roster within the next six weeks, I think you're looking at a West Coast front runner. But I've got That's kind of what Rondo does to a degree. You would hope so. Uh, yeah, number three for me is is the Clippers as well. And it is because of those reasons Abe mentioned. Ty Lu, a lot of people want him to get looks for Coach of the Year. I don't know if he's actually doing that much better of a job. A lot of people, a lot of people do. Uh, no, like one of those things where it's like obviously it's Quinn Snyder this year, then probably the Suns guy or Doc, and then like you know they they always need someone new and fresh in there. And That's they, what I'm saying. That's why I'm not sure it's Quinn Snyder because he's gotten it before. No, but but if they finish the one seed, it'll be hard for him not to win. Just given everyone hates the Jazz, so Does the Knicks finish the four. I mean, Maybe. they like Tibbs. Probably the weird thing is Tibbs probably deserves it. Like he is coaching the worst town in the league to a home playoff series, but also he's like gets out coached all the time, like by Spolstra. <laughs> it's like embarrassing, honestly. And he still plays Alfred Payton minutes, so he's he's void of the discussion. But I was with Scal yesterday, and he was saying like Rondo really is like you, you remember the quotes where it was like Rondo and LeBron if they ever played together, like we knew we'd be able to do sicko things, and he like he, title in the bubble against a shitty Miami Heat team. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and Scal was like Rondo, like is it's different level. It's over Nash, it's over Kid, it's over like any of these point guards. Like he's just smarter than you. So if he turns, he's not better than you, not necessarily. But if he turns from dust. Like he looked in Atlanta, and gets that rejuvenation, uh, they become very, very interesting. So I have the Clippers at three, and they're playing well. Like Abe touched on, Jazz at two, six in a row. The Jazz are—I'm not saying they're second best team in the league. I'm just saying today. That hurt you to say Jazz at two. You could tell it in your voice. No, no, no I just—I knew I would get—I would get. I would get uh, Bad I, mean, I can't argue with it. Their best record in the NBA. Yeah. And on a six-game win streak, they blow teams out. And obviously, we give them the Hawks comparison. Let's say some positive things about the Jazz. They're playing really good team ball, and I think they have they have Defense Player of the Year and Donovan Mitch. Him and Murray, man, what's their deal? Like, take the step. Take good, it, not great. Yeah, take it for me. If 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 Donovan over the last, that was like Embiid, just like what's good, take the step, and he finally did. Right. So if Spida takes the step over the next twenty games, or goes back to bubbled spider that team's obviously dangerous number two for me i got brooklyn all right they're good what do you want me to say Kyrie's not playing katie's not playing no Kyrie's back Kyrie's back Kyrie's back well it's just like they won't freaking go away at the top of the east it's just like move stop we need the one seed um eight and two in their last 10 playing good ball they don't play a lick of defense and they won't when we bust them in a seven game series but like Jack said, we're we're ranking them now. We're ranking them now. So I'm gonna give credit to. <laughs> By the way, he's ranking them two in the in the league without Kevin Durant on the floor. Like you said, we're rating them now. I, no, but I'm saying. Well, you don't know how he can affect their chemistry. That's what you have to find and say. Number one, it's the Sixers. We're the best team in basketball. We're playing unbelievable without Joel Embiid. We're gonna get him back on Saturday. The schedule gets a little lighter. We're gonna get the one seed, and we're going to beat Brooklyn. So Kevin Durant's better than Joel Embiid. Um, 
He is. But I actually think, like, for what it's worth, Embiid's worth more to the team than KD is. You know, yeah, because he has two other guys that can score 50 with himself and Durant. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's a little more than that. But, um, yeah, the Nets are my number one team because... Because, <laughs> like Abe said, he's their number two, and they don't have Kevin Durant. <laughs> like... I just don't get what people aren't seeing, which is... I think everyone's seeing it. I really do. Finally. Like, Harden's I think like, everyone's just like, what? Like, we each got to hope. Harden is coasting to 38, 14, and 10 games. Can I ask you a question? I'm kind of over stats, but it's like LeBron stands that's, biggest yeah, that's thing. Fine. Can I ask you a question? Because when this whole Harden thing went down, and I honed in on how much I wanted Harden because I've always loved him, you kept saying it was a sidewards move. Yeah. Looking back on that, with seeing how Embiid progressed throughout the entire season, how he was able to continue it ever since the James Harden thing, like think about had that trade gone down and Ben would have got switched for Harden, I don't think you could seriously say that was a sideways move. I actually think because I think a lot of attention has been getting taken away from the Nets. Like Kevin Durant's only played what? 20 games since he was in the NBA Finals or something like that. Kyrie is his own other thing. Like, James Harden is legitimately taking the the outside distractions away from the Nets and what everyone would criticize them for. If he were in Philadelphia with this Joel Embiid and it was just Kyrie and KD in, in Brooklyn, like... People would be looking at Brooklyn. They wouldn't have Blake. They wouldn't have LaMarcus. They wouldn't uh, have, for all we know, we I would have. The Sixers would have them. Yeah. Which I wouldn't even know what to do with my hands <laughs> if that were the case. Um, but looking back, I think you can admit that that move was one that Daryl Morey or Tillman Fertitta, who knows how it went down. Like That was not a sideways move. I t- like I said, that was a move that could have catapulted us and really maximized this. Well, that's what I said from the start was – it's a block move and why the Heat needed to make it more so than anyone else, right? If they wanted to stay relevant. Um, I, get, I get what you're saying there. My reasoning for that was more so, I just still, to this day, not a huge Tobias uh, Harris believer. And Casual. and I think <laughs> and I think also for your team, like it would have been better to have Ben to counteract. Like he fits perfectly on that team. With Harden as a as the ball handler, and I just mm. Tobias would have turned into into a spot up shooter. I don't think that's necessarily true. I but I think that would have been his find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now, yeah, I mean, just for the basis of like, you guys finally got it all to click, and then the Nets loaded up the Monstars. It sucks, but you're right. The Knicks were lucky to to miss on KD and Kyrie. On the flip, though, this Zion Williamson guy, man. He's a top 10 player in the league. I'm talking top shot. Like, the the first urge I've had to really go go dummy, go stupid on this man. Like, he's so underrated. It's bonkers. It's not, it's not underrated. It's under... Hyped. Undercovered. Yeah. Undercovered. That's where we start referring to it because... If you don't see him on, on your phone and Bleacher Report and X amount of people Instagramming him, like, and then you start going for 30 points a game, it means you're underrated. Like, no, it doesn't. It just means that these stupid media outlets were taking photos of you, which, why would you not want a photo of Zion? The guy's fucking massive. 
<laughs> he is he's crazy. He has just been something else, but it's. Oh, and now he's it, a it point actually, guard. It actually, and like, now he's a point guard. Right, right, right. But they're not winning games. Like, I feel like we're gonna go down these like, like right now we're in that Zion honeymoon era where it's just like, oh my god, like he's actually going to live up to it and be like the next guy. Yeah. And then like in a year, year and a half, when the Pelicans are still trying to, they're still in that limbo area and don't know what to do when they're losing game. It's just like. This style of play can't win. Zion how can't wait? Fit with how this. did the Pelicans end up in such a bad spot when they traded AD for all those assets? I guess they whiffed on a lot of them. It's just, I mean, it, it was there was a whole thing with Gentry and coaching, and now, I mean, it seems like they they have the right guy there with Van Gundy now moving him Zion to point guard. Which who would have thunk? Uh, what, what what record do they have? Are they even? Jeez, man. Yeah. They're like deep down there. Yeah, they're like 13. They're, uh, what do you have? What's what's the deal this year with the playing tournament? Ten, you know? seven, 7 through 10. 10 has to be 9. Wow. Uh, and then Wait, nine. Seven, 7 plays. 7 plays 10 11, twice. 10. And 8 plays 9 twice, I think. So does 9 and 8 technically have to win? Oh, to get the final two seeds. I got it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that could be fun. If the Lakers slip a little bit and end up with that seven seed right now, they're nah, five games is hard to five games is gonna be hard. Yeah, to and eighty's coming like. back. Eighty's coming, coming back, back too. But if we could have got a imagine this. In the east, you have Boston and Miami in the play ins. <laughs> and in the west, you have Stephen Curry and LeBron James playing. <laughs> that would be That's amazing. NBA basketball. That is NBA basketball. That's how Silver drew it up. Speaking of NBA basketball, Let's talk some hockey, said no one ever, but I guess we give him a minute for that reason. Eagle Man, what's that? Not much. I'm pretty good. The weather has actually been nice in Canada recently, so that's all good. What does that mean? What is nice in Canada? Yeah, what does nice like, in Canada mean? I mean, 15 degrees 40? Celsius, that, that is. That would be... I don't even know, dude. Celsius, 15 degrees would be like 59, I think, in the U.S., which, like, eh, I guess it's almost spring weather. Yeah. But um, all right, Eagleson, you got some puck on tap. We're going to count it down as per usual. One minute on the clock. Here we go. All right, in hockey news this week, we've got McFraud with one of the dirtiest hits I've ever seen from him. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but he went completely out of his way, completely separated from the play for a huge hit on uh, Canadians Jesperi Kakanyemi. Elbow was up and everything, just a completely unnecessary and dirty hit. Twitter was an absolute shit show after it happened because obviously there's lots of people coming to his defense and lots of people attacking him. And the main point that they were making was that it was just blatant star treatment. And I think I have to agree. He only got two minutes on the ice for that. And I think a lot of other players probably would have gotten a game misconduct for it. And I think we all knew coming into today, the league was not going to come down very hard on him. And what do you know? Earlier it comes out that he's just been given a $5,000 fine, no game suspension, nothing else other than that. Um, in some other news, the Sabres extended their record tying losing streak to 18 games in a dramatic fashion, blowing a three goal lead in the third to Abe's Flyers. Um, honestly, when I saw the score of the game, I thought it would be typical of Philly to ruin an all time losing. Yeah, good good spot to cut him off, that, Jack, <laughs> before he started talking reckless. Wait, what was the guy's name, Abe, that he said? It was Bekistan. No, he said Mick. 
McSuck a cuck. No, something. McFraud, and then he. No, no, no. I don't think he gave him a name. I think it was just some no, no, no. Weirdo. No, no, no. There was a name of the guy. Type He's it in typing. the chat. Type it I in the chat. Sort of... <laughs> I don't know, but he was about to, he was about to go off the rails about the Flyers. Um, I found out that the Flyers were down three nothing to a team with seventeen straight losses, just like cracking up. And then I looked two hours later, and they won. Um, Flyers are playing them again tonight, so who cares? 18 in a row. Wait, Eagleson, what was the guy's name? I'll unmute you. Or you can unmute yourself. Yes, Barry, cock and yummy. One more time. <laughs> yes, Barry, cock and yummy. Yes, Barry, cock and yummy. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll, I'll show you how it's spelled. Cock in yummy? <laughs> Pause. Like that. What is he? Oh, cock. Can yummy, yes, very. It's yes, yummy. Yes, very cockin yummy. Cockin. Where is he from? He played for the Montreal Canadiens. No, what country? I have no idea. Whatever. Yes, very cockin. Jack and I both gave a huh. <laughs> Nick Young meme. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts from the boys, Eagleson? No, I just want to know where Before this guy's the final from. Final four on Saturday. And uh, hopefully I feel better. Hopefully Abe feels better. And we'll talk to him on Monday before the Natty ship. He's from Finland. Snabek fam. Finland. From Finland. Yes, Barry Kokinyemi from Finland. Snabek fam. Swedish, no Finnish. Much love. Peace.